Welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. I think it would be hard to find someone in the furry fandom that would disagree with the notion that one of the best things that you could do as a furry is going to a furry convention. We've talked about it on this show before, and while not all of them are perfect, there is a really good chance that going to a con with some good friends and making some new ones along the way can be one of the best experiences that you can have as a furry and can even be the sole reason why you're a member of the fandom in the first place. However, another aspect that we've discussed on this show before is that being a furry can be expensive, which, by the way, I'm officially adding to our list of phrases that tend to come up frequently on this show. And while going to a furry convention can be an amazing experience, it can be a lot less amazing for something like your wallet. Other than a couple of extremely specific examples, after fursuits, attending cons is probably the second most costly thing one can do in the fandom, but for a lot of new and experienced furs, it's not always clear why. A lot of con attendees will be super excited to go all in on a convention, only to come back later with their bank statement in hand thinking, where did all that money even go? So, that's what we're going to explain today. In this episode, we're going to explore the reasons why going to a furry convention can get pretty expensive. We'll talk about the large and small costs that go into the experience, and as usual, we'll go over some tips on how to make a furry convention excursion a little less painful on your bank account. And yeah, you could definitely think of this episode as the sequel to the one about fursuits because that one did really well and I'm glad there's a vested interest in the cost of doing stuff in the fandom. It's good information to know and I'm more than happy to provide it and ways to make it a little cheaper as well. So with that all being said, welcome to Furry Explained and we'll get started right here. I think it's no surprise to anyone in this fandom that going to a furry convention is one of the most costly things that you could do in this community. And in reality, most conventions or conferences in general are actually pretty expensive as well, no matter what the fandom or interest tied to it is. But at least with a lot of professional conferences, either a school or an employer will cover a lot of the cost of attendance, making it something that we don't really have to deal with all that much. But for the most part, individuals have to bear the full brunt of the expenses to attend a convention, and while there are exceptions to every rule, cons are probably right after fursuits on the list of the most costly things to do as a furry. Now I bring up fursuits for a reason, because while they are both expensive things that one can pay for in this fandom, the cost structure is wildly different and almost completely the opposite of one another. For conventions, the total cost is actually spread out over a bunch of individual things that have to be paid for instead of all being packaged up into one entity to buy. With a fursuit, you typically pay down a large lump sum that is the result of a bill of materials, labor, and other administrative costs associated with getting your suit. 
On the contrary, as far as conventions go, you are the one responsible for figuring out all of the things that you have to pay for to experience one, and the costs associated with it can be variable and require purchasing several things to make the experience even happen. Now, that's not always a bad thing. Having that control of what you spend your money on can actually help a lot in keeping costs down, as we'll get into in a little bit. But it can be tricky to do if you're not used to it, and the final cost at the end of the convention can be daunting and even surprising since it wasn't really given up front. In fact, part of that confusion is actually figuring out and understanding exactly what you pay for to make your attendance at a con happen. So let's take a look at what actually goes into going to a furry convention for yourself. Looking at the costs for something like a fursuit was rather simple since a lot of the things that go into producing a suit are physical items or things that put physical items together. But when looking at costs of something like a convention, it can be tough at first, since what you're essentially paying for is an experience, not so much a thing. But if we treat that experience like it's any other thing that you are receiving, the cost structure can be perceived in a similar fashion. Let's start with the essentials for you to attend a convention, and that begins with the cost of attendance. Conventions have a cost that is needed to register for the con, which basically lets the con know that you're interested in coming and taking part in what the convention has to offer. This covers things like the space for the activities, the insurance to cover any accidents, and other things that make the convention function. And if I'm honest, the individual costs of attendance for conventions aren't really that bad. It is usually less than 100 bucks to get into the door for an entire extended weekend. And of course, there are ways to make that more expensive, including higher registration tiers that unlock special events and perks at a con. But in the grand scheme of things, paying for the actual thing that you're there to enjoy is on the lower end of things that go into the total cost of going to a convention. However, in most cases, actually getting to the convention in question takes up a much bigger portion of the total cost of going to one. Now, the costs of travel are always interesting to talk about, mainly because it has the widest variance in what it will cost from person to person. There are many ways to get to a convention, from a transcontinental flight to a walk down the street, which yes, you can do if you're like me and live super close to the space where your local convention is held. But for most people, their mode of transportation to a con usually consists of either public or private transportation. Now it can be costly to travel either way you split it, but those costs that go into it aren't always of monetary value. For example, flying is probably the easiest and costs the least in overall time, but makes up for that convenience with the monetary cost for a ticket to fly. It also requires coordination around a set schedule for both departing and returning, and even if it is the best overall option, flying is something that not everyone is comfortable with, making it a non-starter for many people. Now, as an alternative, there's the option of taking a bus or a train, and while tickets for those usually cost less in price than flying, they are usually a lot slower, have more stops, and require probably even more coordination in terms of timing when and where they pick up and drop off their passengers. 
This leaves the option for private transportation, which for most of us involves driving. This is a very common way to get to conventions as it offers a nice middle ground, but can still be rather high in overall costs. Gas for cars can vary widely depending on where you're from, and just based on when this episode is coming out, it isn't exactly the cheapest thing in the world these days either. And not for nothing, driving can be pretty dangerous when compared to the statistics of other modes of travel, and while most people are fine with that risk, it is still something to consider when traveling at odd hours on unfamiliar roads to make it to a convention on time. Now, there are two other main groups of costs that go into attending a furry convention, and both of them are things that you have to deal with once you get there. The first one, and arguably the most essential cost of attending a con, involves living and sleeping accommodations. Most conventions happen at or near an assortment of accommodation options for attendees. And while some cons are unique and have things like a campsite or caravans for living and sleeping, most conventions use chain hotels to house their con-goers. And even with the negotiated discounted rates, hotels, especially nicer or larger ones that have the space for the convention itself, can be rather expensive on a night-to-night basis. There's a lot of stuff that goes into hotel pricing, including tourist taxes, extra staff fees, and other smaller things that all compound when staying over multiple nights. But these costs can be rather hard to avoid since if you're attending a convention for more than a couple days, you're going to need a place to get a good night's sleep, and most cons won't let you use the floor in a public space to do that. And sure, most conventions will offer quality options that are very accommodating, but those comfortable confinements can procure quite the cost. And finally, the last category that can really inflate the total cost of attending a furry convention doesn't really have a name other than the other category. This includes all the other variable costs that you'll inevitably encounter while at a convention. These are stuff like food, drinks, any activities outside the convention that you want to do with friends, transportation to those activities, and just generally getting around a new city, things that you buy at the dealer's den, or any charitable donations that you want to make, those kinds of things. And because these costs will vary from con to con, person to person, and even day to day, they can easily be the area of most surprise when looking back at a bank statement after getting back from a convention. But things like food and transportation are essential to being able to physically enjoy the convention, making a lot of these costs also hard to avoid. All in all, just like fursuits, there are a lot of things that actually go into experiencing a furry convention. But instead of it all resulting in one physical thing, you are paying for an experience. And experiences are a lot more dynamic in nature. But in most cases, for those wanting to enjoy those experiences, indeed, so are the costs. So, as we can see, there is quite the array of things that actually go into the cost of attending a furry convention. 
In fact, for many members of the community, there's so much to keep track of that it brings up an interesting question. At the end of the day, is going to a furry convention even worth it? Now, this is an interesting question because it draws parallels to the other expensive thing in this fandom that we've discussed before, fursuits. And at least here on this show, we have a pretty hard stance that having a fursuit is not necessary to be a fully-fledged member of the furry fandom. So, does this logic apply to attending a furry convention? Well, that's kind of tricky because a convention and a fursuit are fundamentally different things. A fursuit, at the end of the day, is an object that you own and have and possess. A convention, on the other hand, is an experience that you participate in and enjoy and probably most notably, is something that you could do more than one time. And without digressing too much, one factor of life that I tend to stand by is that experiences are almost always more valuable than things. And to me at least, that directly applies to a convention as well. So, no, while from a purely objective standpoint, you don't need to go to a convention to consider yourself a furry, if you have to choose one large thing to spend your money on in this fandom, my primary suggestion would to put that money towards some sort of convention. Good cons are that special and are the primary suggestion I give to anyone wanting to enhance their experience in the fandom. But that suggestion doesn't make them any cheaper, so let's get back on track a little bit here and actually go over ways to make the experience of attending a furry convention a little bit easier to financially handle. So one of the unique things about the overall cost structure of attending a furry convention is that there are a lot of moving parts, both figuratively and in actuality. And while that can increase the overall complexity of planning financially, it also provides an opportunity to choose and control what and how you pay for a majority of those costs as well. And let's start broad because as we briefly alluded to earlier, you can go to a furry convention more than once in a given year. And while some people can go to a con seemingly every month, one simple way to keep the cost of going to a convention down is only choosing one to go to in a given year. And again, this may sound pretty simple, but this can have a large effect on the costs of basically everything else that we go over and it mainly comes down to the timing of when you choose which con to go to. When it comes to the expenses of an experience like a furry convention, timing is everything, and if you choose which con to go to three, six, nine months, or even a year in advance, your options for some of the most expensive parts of attending a con are a lot wider and therefore can be a lot cheaper as well. Choosing a con to go to early can afford you opportunities like being able to save up for it over a longer period of time, take your time planning things like travel and accommodations, and reduce the overall stress of figuring out the logistics of a con, which is something that holds value as well. But let's say that you are planning to only go to one convention in a year anyway, as I feel like that's actually the default for a lot of members of the community. Other than time, which we referenced earlier, the other common denominator when it comes to planning to attend an experience is distance. In short, the further a convention is away from you, the more the average cost of attending will be. 
With this in mind, then, a good way to keep the costs of going to a con down is going to the one that's closest to you. Just in general, it's good to go to your local convention as one of the first ones that you attend anyway, but it can also be the least expensive way to attend a con in the first place. Even if it's relatively small, which may be a good thing if you're still new to conventions in general, going to a con closer to you minimizes the largest money sink for any experience, the cost of travel. Plus, if you stay local, you have the added benefit of knowing that if you need to leave the convention for any reason, getting back home isn't as complicated as it could be. Now, that being said, if the con you do want to attend is some distance away from you, figuring out travel can be one of the more complicated parts of going to a con. And because there are so many variables that can go into travel, a good general piece of advice to minimize its cost is to try to find sweet spots in the way that you travel and the time that it will take to do so. There are usually multiple ways to get to different places around the world, and while it may take more time and effort up front, there are ways that you can mix and match different modes of transportation at different times to keep the overall cost down. For example, flying can be really convenient, but it's pretty expensive, and it's especially bad price-wise when flying to cons in cities that are not large or serve as hub locations for different airlines. Now, there are a couple of ways to get around this. One essentially involves timing the travel market. We won't get into it too much because I know I will go off on tangents about one of my other favorite hobbies, but there are times throughout the year when it is cheaper to book different flights to different destinations, and doing a little bit of research on the route that you want to take beforehand can make a huge difference. But the easier way to help quell some of the costs of travel is to mix and match your actual modes of transportation. Going back to the flying example, if it's prohibitively expensive to fly directly to the city or area that the con is in, it can be cheaper to fly to the closest large city where flights are less expensive and then rent a car to drive the rest of the way. Or if you don't want to fly at all and have the time, taking a bus or a train to your destination will indeed take longer but can be a whole lot cheaper overall. Also, if your plan is to drive and if you're going with a group, an easy way to save some money personally is to have everyone split the gas money to pay for their fraction of the transportation cost. In fact, let's stay on that theme of splitting costs amongst your friends because that strategy will be a recurring theme for basically the rest of this episode. So the last two areas of costs that go into attending a furry convention are the accommodations once you get there and all the other stuff that you will end up buying that will add into the final cost. The former is a lot easier to tackle because for the most part, the costs of accommodations at a con don't vary throughout the year all that much. The partner hotels that conventions have deals with lock in their prices relatively early, and most cons will provide those options at least a couple of months in advance before a con starts. But even with those costs relatively fixed, they can still be pretty high, and the easiest way to lower your personal burden of paying for a room is to split it with some roommates. Most hotel rooms at conventions will allow up to four people in a single room though it's really up to you if you want to stick to that rule. I'm not saying you should cram more than four people into a room, I'm just saying that some people do. 
But what this does is pretty simple. It divides the costs of the single room amongst all the people staying there for the weekend, resulting in you literally paying a fraction of the overall cost. Now, in most cases, this does require a reliable group of people, as I wouldn't suggest doing this with strangers. And in the best case scenario, the members of the group you're staying at would pay you up front so you don't have to constantly chase them down for their share. And if you want to save more, again, you don't have to stay at one of the recommended hotels that the con offers. If you can find a cheaper deal somewhere not too far away that is still in an area where you're comfortable staying in, go for it. Even places like house rentals through things like Airbnb can be a great way to save money over the few days that you are visiting a new area. But finally, the last area of costs that goes into attending a furry convention is all the other stuff that you'll end up buying while you're at the convention. A lot of them are actually pretty necessary, such as the food that you'll need to eat to keep up your energy throughout the convention. But some of them are not strictly necessary and more like nice-to-haves, like prints from an artist at the dealer's den. This can be quite difficult to actually plan for, because a lot of the things that you buy could be at the spur of a moment. But there are a couple of things that you can do to be proactive in your potential spending and limit any surprises at the end of the convention. For starters, as cliche as it may sound, having a budget for your other spending can be a really powerful tool if you stick to it, of course. Setting this number up front will give you an expectation of what you can actually afford to spend during the long weekend and gives you space to get yourself some nice things without breaking the bank. As far as food goes, that is something that you can technically research beforehand. Now, you don't have to go as far as I like to do and plan out each individual place where I want to get food while I'm at a con, but getting a feel for the options can help you estimate on what you'll end up spending for food, which, by the way, you shouldn't skimp on entirely. That is something that you have to have in order to properly enjoy a con for its entire duration. And finally, there are a lot of little things that you could do like limiting the amount of alcohol that you drink if you are of age, and not for moral reasons, just because drinks can be rather expensive. And if you have any say in any activities planned for outside of the convention, finding a balance of cheap and fun can really go a long way in keeping overall costs down, because as fun and special as these things are, there's really no getting around the fact that furry conventions can be really expensive. And a lot of those costs have nothing to do with the actual convention itself. In fact, that is actually on the cheaper end of the spectrum. Just getting to the place where the con happens is often the most expensive part. But despite these costs, what separates paying for a con away from something like paying for a fursuit is that you're in a lot more control of what you want to do with your convention time, and therefore you can decide how you want to get there and what you want to do once you get there. And that flexibility allows you to figure out ways to make parts of your experience a little easier on your wallet, allowing you to enjoy one of the best parts of being a furry without totally breaking the bank.
right, that concludes this episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. And sorry if I was a little bit more rambly today. I mentioned this earlier, but I do love talking about travel and especially planning travel activities. And that excitement kind of resulted in me going off script a little bit more than usual, but hopefully it wasn't too bad. Anyways, as always, if you want to continue the conversation about making furry conventions cheaper or have any other feedback or suggestions for topics for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at FinnThePanther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes, along with some other resources about the costs of going to a convention that you should definitely check out. As always, if you do like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also tell people about the show, and if they don't know where to start looking, you can point them to pod.link slash furryexplained to find the show on their platform of choice. Thank you so much for doing so, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Furry Explained. But until then, stay wild out there. Peace. Peace.